Well, good evening. Great to have you all out tonight to study the Word of God. Hope you came with your thinking cap on. So, does every table have uh, somebody who's uh, kind of designated as a, a leader in, the, in that table? If, maybe everybody raise your hand if you are one of the designated leaders. Is there any table that doesn't have somebody? Okay. All right. Looks like we have somebody that could do that at each table. I have a, a sheet there for all of you that has a lot of questions there. Let me talk a little bit about it before we dive in. What is a good missions passage when you think about uh, the topic of missions? Can anybody think of a, a good passage of Scripture? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Make disciples, right? Going, teaching those different aspects of the Great Commission we think about when we think of missions. Anybody think of another one? Acts 1-8. Being witnesses, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. We think about that a lot of times. And when I think about those passages, though, I think of our responsibility. We're to go, we're to be witnesses, we're to make disciples, and... There might be some uh, things that would discourage us from doing that. Can you think of anything that might cause you not to do that? Fear. In our world, we might, uh, we might have some fear. Fear of persecution. Fear of just speaking, talking to somebody. Um, does anybody ever have any pessimism about the success of evangelism? I have one honest person right there. <laughs> well, you know, it's very easy in our world. You look at all the sin. You look at things like what happened up in New York City and the, the law they passed about abortion. And uh, you, you look at uh, just the, the rampant decline in, in our country uh, of all kinds of immorality and everything and Sometimes evangelism's hard, you know, you, you go into certain fields and they don't see much fruit. It's very easy from our perspective to be discouraged, sometimes dissuaded from even being a witness. But then there's God, right? Christ says, I will build my church. And there's a lot of different passages that talk about missions and evangelism, but the Gospel of John is one we don't necessarily jump to when we think about missions. But it really is all about, at least one major theme of the book of, of John is Jesus' mission. See, Jesus is on a mission, right? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he gave his son, and Jesus has come for a purpose, so that whoever believes would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so Jesus is on a mission to save a people and to give them eternal life. And you think anybody can stop Jesus? I don't think so. And you can see in the book of uh, John tonight, we're going to look at different passages. And my goal here is to really give you a sense of, of confidence Confidence not only that Christ is going to accomplish his work, but that he will use you. And he will use his word, and that his word will be effective in enabling you to be part 
of uh, the Great Commission and see success. So what I'd like to ask you to do is uh, we're going to divide these up a little bit. I don't think any particular one table will be able to cover back in front of all these questions. So what I want to ask you to try to do is if you're on an odd table, not that the people that sit with you are odd, but, <laughs> but if you're on a, if, you, if people are kind of shaking their heads a little bit, um, if you're on an even, I mean on an odd table, do numbers one, two, and four. One, two, and four. Okay? See if you can work through that. If you're on an even table, do numbers three, five, and six. I kind of split it that way because number four is so short. But, so if you are on an even table, do three, five, and six. See if you can get through that. And then uh, once you've had a chance to discuss those questions, uh, there's some pretty great theology in this. I mean, you're going to get into uh, effectual calling and uh, limited atonement and, and uh, just a lot of really good stuff. If it's all brand new to you, you know, try to listen for people that maybe they're brand new to some of these theological concepts and, and take some time to explain, talk through what those things mean. I think it's very rich. So let me pray and then we'll let you get loose on that. And then we'll come back together uh, around 7.05 or so and uh, try to get some feedback from you and uh, make a few extra comments. Lord God, thank you so much for this portion of your word, the, the gospel of John, and, and how it just displays to us the success of the word of God and Jesus, how he's going to build his church. We just pray, Lord, that uh, we would have a, a gratefulness that you have saved us and an excitement about sharing your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So have at it. Not sure if they're... Uh, here we go. I got the mic now. Um, okay, let's go ahead and uh, just have a little bit of uh, sharing time. These are some good passages, aren't they? Some rich stuff and all these good, rich theology. The Lord lets us in on uh, his sovereign work and, and you know, what happens on the other side of salvation, so to speak. You know, we see a person come to faith. They, we preach the gospel. We see somebody come to faith. They repent. They have their sins forgiven. But uh, to kind of hear from uh, the Lord Jesus about the plan that he and the Father have and the, the work of the Spirit in the life of a person who comes to faith in Christ it really gives you a, a totally different perspective, doesn't it? Uh, let's just go through a few of these. Maybe share with me from John chapter 4. You know, it talks about the harvest. And uh, what, what kind of harvest is he talking about there? Harvest for souls. Okay. Harvest for souls, yeah. And what are some examples? Are there any examples in the context there uh, of that harvest? Okay. She's what? A Samaritan, right? And then what about, uh, this, is there another group of people there? Samaritan. And then also the Galileans, right? So it's just interesting that, uh, you know, right down the hills of the, the harvest is ready. The fields are ripe. And all of a sudden, we see the reception in Galilee and then the uh, Samaritans as well. Uh, does anything excite you about just thinking about the harvest is, is right there? 
Anybody want to share just what that does to you? It's already been prepared. It's it's going to be there, right? I mean, yeah, he's a, he, Christ has accomplished everything that's necessary. We just need to go out there and and gather. You know, do you want to be part of that? Part of those that that are gathering those in. Amen. Amen. That's right. Yes, Bill. Amen. Amen. Preach, preach the gospel and watch them, watch them come. All right, what about John chapter 6? Uh, what, what do these verses have to do with missions? What's that? I didn't do that question, but I'm saying anyone and everyone. Okay, so it has to do with telling everybody the gospel. Okay, what else? God saves, okay. Jesus saves, okay. We have uh, the Father giving the Son, and uh, we, we have God. What does God do in the life of somebody as the word is preached? If, it's a, if they're going to be saved. He draws them, right? I mean, isn't that exciting to think that, that God could be drawing somebody to himself as you're preaching the word? As you're sharing the gospel with somebody? What does it say about the Spirit of God? It's interesting. It talks about the sovereignty of God's salvation. The, the Father draws them. And then what, what is the Spirit? How, what's the Spirit's role in that? He gives life. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. You know, you can, you can know that the Father is going to draw people and the Spirit's going to give them life. People are gonna, they're going to wake up. Have you ever seen this happen? Have you experienced it? Amen, right? You know, we, we need to remember things like that when we think about going out and sharing the gospel or we're praying for missions, missionaries on the field. You know, praying prayers like, you know, God, we know that your people are there. And use Brother uh, Rukula or Wooten or uh, whoever as they go out and they minister to these people, use me. Father, direct me. We know providentially you put people in our path. You believe that? I mean, you sat at the table. You sat because God wanted you there. You believe that? I mean, that, that's a good way to live life, to go through life. I mean, I was, got out of my car uh, yesterday, and I was, there's a guy wandering around. Who was, he, he looked like he was wondering where to go. Turned out his name was, his last name was Wonder. <laughs> and I was wondering why God put me there beside him. But, you know, he had his phone out and he was taking pictures of the building and turned out he was the guy that was providing the paint for a building to be painted. And so we got to talking and uh, just asked him, you know, do you, do you know the Lord? And uh, he kind of looked at me funny. I said, do you ever go to church anywhere? He says, he says, no. He says, yeah, that's a long story. I said, well, let's get together and let me hear your story. And so, you know, God just put us in 
that place. And so I'm praying that I'll get to meet with him and, uh, and maybe he'll be one that God providentially is drawing because he didn't put him in that parking lot at that moment for no reason. We'll see. What about uh, John 10? Uh, can somebody kind of give us nice and loud uh, just their idea of what effectual calling means? God, that's pretty simple, isn't it? God calls you to himself. And what does effectual mean? <laughs> yeah, he called, his sheep know his voice. He's the shepherd. And just like sheep know the shepherd, they come to him when he calls. And so effectual means it's effective. When he calls, when the spirit gives you life when the Father calls you through the word, you come. You're going to come. Does that give you some uh, confidence in evangelism? Is it up to you to, to manipulate people into believing? No. No? No. Are, are some people better salesmen than other people? No. Nobody's better. Only God. Only God. Only God can do it, huh? Now, now, some people may be better at explaining the gospel to somebody else, but you can be confident that if you have a very simple bit of the truth of God's word, you can start just being able to find some verses that just go through God, you know, who is God, who is man, and what's his problem, sin, Christ, and then the response. If you can just take that basic outline and then start putting verses with it, and we can give you more verses. If, you, if this is all new to you, if sharing the gospel is new to you, come see me or ask somebody at your table. You know, how do I share the gospel with somebody? What about uh, chapter, chapter 11? That's kind of an interesting thing there. Uh, Why do I say that's an unintentional prophecy that Caiaphas made? He didn't, I mean, he wasn't planning on making a prophecy, was he? <laughs> that's really, I love that. I love, you know, this, you got this high priest guy, you know, and he's saying, well, you know, it's more expedient if this one guy dies for the nation. You know, he didn't know what he was saying. You know, he makes a prophecy that, that yeah, this one man is going to die. For the people. So, what about back up in the number three there? We also have the doctrine of the security of the believer. Maybe somebody can just tell us a little about, about what that means and uh, why would we say those verses teach about the security of the believer? First of all, just what, is, what does security of the believer mean? What's that? You don't lose salvation. You don't lose your salvation. And nobody can take it away. I was talking to somebody recently about uh, just the doctrine of uh, that you can't lose your salvation. And, you know, it's interesting, just the words. Yeah, nobody can take you away. It's interesting, some of the words that are used to describe our salvation, you know, eternal life. I mean, if you get eternal life, if, if, if you're born again, if you're a new creature in Christ, you know, 
how could you lose that, or how could that end? How does eternal life end? I mean, it's just there's a lot of logical things. Yeah, Kyle. Nothing God gives can be taken away. No one will snatch you out of my hand. They can't be able to do that, right? Yeah. After they come to you, after you come to, after he gets you to come to him, that's it. Nobody can take that away. That's that's awesome. How does that make you feel? Makes feel good. Amen. Joyful and happy. Joyful. Happy. Absolutely. That's right. We've got great theology coming out over here, right? That's right. Amen. What about, uh, what else we got here? How about uh, John chapter 17? Anybody in love with the high priestly prayer? Is John 17 is just a, a beautiful, beautiful prayer there. Um, what is the main purpose for which God does this? What's that? To glorify him. Jesus wants to glorify the Father. When we, our purpose in evangelism ought to be, number one, it's, it's not number one, get people saved. It's number one, glorify God. And he's glorified by our proclaiming the gospel, uh, exalting Christ and his work, and he is glorified when he draws people to himself through all that. So it's all for his glory, right? What is, what's eternal life in this passage? Knowing him. Wow, you come into a, a relationship. People talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, you have a relationship with the Father and with the Son. So it's not just a length of life. It's not a quantity of life, right? It's a, it's a quality. You've probably heard that before. That's a good challenge for us tonight. Just have you been brought into a relationship? How's your relationship with Christ going? You know, when we think of all this, that he's done so much to, to die, having become a man, the incarnation, to call us to himself, to save us, to give us life. We have the promise of heaven and eternal life. You have this relationship with him. I mean, I hope you guys will go away encouraged tonight. You know, anything to encourage you in any of that? Uh, I put verse 9 under the third bullet point, under number five. But there's also verse 20. Verse 20 probably is more specific. That Jesus is praying for those who will believe through their word. So who was Jesus praying for? He was praying for you even, huh? Wow. Amen. Look at verse 24. How do you like that? Chapter 17, verse 24. I had it here. Father, I want those who you have given to me to be with me where I am so that they will see my glory, which you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. We get to be with him. That's That's heaven. That's what that's going to be like. Okay, that, that final section there, you know, we have a great commission in Matthew. Then we have a, a kind of a, a commission in Acts 1.8. 
But how is this one different? What are some things you see in the, we might call this Jesus commission of the disciples in John chapter 20? Yes, Brent. Well, the disciples saw the work outward of the Holy Spirit external, but they will be waiting, obviously. Okay. The day of Pentecost. Okay. Okay. Okay, so you gave us three considerations of the work of the Holy Spirit there. Uh, you know, so Jesus is, he's at least promising them the Spirit. There's some debate over there whether they actually receive some kind of endowment of the Spirit or empowerment of the Spirit, maybe in the Old Testament sense, to, to go. But they definitely are going to get the promise of the Spirit and, uh, in Acts 1-8, right? Um, what else? What else do you see maybe a little different in this? Yes, Sean. Okay. You start to see God's role in this, not just the commission that, you know, you go. But he, he says he's going to send them. But what is he? He gives them a little information about that as the Father sent me, right? So it's interesting. You're carrying out the mission that I've been sent here to do. I just love that. So. Well, we've gotten late now. We're kind of out of time. And so uh, I hope you've enjoyed this exercise. I hope you take that home and maybe just use it for your study and your devotions the rest of the week. But let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for your word. Your word is true and it's powerful and it's packed with truth that we need to learn and understand, and we just pray that everybody here would be challenged to glorify you, to share your word with people, to preach the gospel, but also to have confidence and, and excitement that you are going to use us, Lord, to draw people to yourself. We, we pray, God, that your spirit would go with us and empower us and give us boldness. We pray, Lord, that we would have testimonies of people come to faith in Christ being saved and coming into a relationship with you and with your son. We thank you so much that these passages teach us about the triune God that we have a relationship with. I pray that everyone leaves here encouraged. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.